1: the irs uh talking point because i just don't get it um uh, because a lot of republicans have talked about dealing with waste fraud and abuse the current head of the irs who was a trump appointee said he didn't have enough people to essentially that the biggest problem we have is people don't pay the taxes that they're supposed to pay uh if you're upset about uh, extra irs agents stop cheating on your taxes congressman and i'm not saying you personally but i I I mean i'm talking about in general
2: (laughs) Right, Chuck. Well, no. no look, everybody b- believes that uh, people should pay their taxes, but the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office looking at this legislation, this reconciliation bill, this inflation expansion act, says that $20 billion of these audits are going to come at the expense of low- and middle-income Americans. When when Joe Biden in his campaign promised the American people that, oh, taxes were not going to go up for people earning less than four hundred thousand dollars. That was a lie. This bill there's, there's
3: a there's a lot of ways you could say that Liz Cheney has no path to a Republican nomination. The idea of a presidential campaign. Democrats will be reminded why they don't like her. But I mean, take a step back. She is the face right now of opposition to Donald Trump in this country. What can she do with this new political organization?
4: Well, in the short term, she told you she would campaign against election deniers. She confirmed that means she'll be campaigning for some Democrats who are running against uh, election deniers. She has the stature and the ability to raise money to have an influence on some of those races. And over the long term, who knows? Politics is not a straight line. Liz Cheney is 56 years old. She could run for president in 2024 or 2028 or 2032. Uh, sometimes we, there are political figures who seem to be making symbolic stances. And you look back uh, with the benefit of some hindsight and you see the influence they had on their party and on the country. I'm thinking of Bernie Sanders who not everyone took very seriously at the beginning and who had a great effect on his party. We'll see if Liz Cheney has a similar course.
3: I mean, you could say Teddy Roosevelt who left okay. the Republican Party, yeah. ran as the Bull Moose candidate, and then the party actually tried to recruit him uh, eight years later to run as a Republican again. Uh, Mark, what, what, what is your sense on the role that she has taken on?
5: I I think she has been, look, I would say that she's unleashed, but she was pretty unleashed before (laughs) the election. But I think she will be an extremely relevant figure in her party, I think across the board. I, I think... She seems like she is, one, committed not only to sort of take down Donald Trump, but to take down the sickness of her party. I mean, she seems to be going more broadly beyond January 6th at this point. She's talking about denial. She's talking about election denial, January 6th denial. Um, you know, the question is, will she go into, like, COVID denial or climate denial, things like that going forward. But ultimately, I think she's going to raise a ton of money. I think she'll get a ton of media attention. And I think that she, her, her place in our politics is-
3: Now to new developments in the ongoing border crisis, with a growing number of migrants being bused to see- far from the border. Officials in New York City and Washington, D.C. are now asking for federal help with that situation. NBC
6: national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez is here with more. Gabe, good morning. Tom, good morning. Ahead of the midterm elections, Republicans are seizing on a record-breaking influx of migrants at the southern border. But the latest battle over immigration is now playing out here in the Northeast. The buses keep coming to New York City and Washington, D.C. At first, hundreds, now thousands of migrants arriving in the Northeast after being sent by the governors of Texas and Arizona. The need has outstripped uh, our capacity to respond to it. Calling it a humanitarian crisis, D.C.'s mayor has requested the National Guard. New York City's mayor is also asking the federal government for help. Democrats call the busing a political stunt. Republicans argue it's a last resort as scenes like this unfold at the U.S. southern border. Thank you. The cat the Border Patrol says more than 200 dead migrants have been found in just one section of Texas since last October. Uh, but as you just heard Mayor Adams say, and as he has been reiterating for the past couple of weeks, he says that the resources here in New York are stretched. Of course, Republicans are seizing on this, and they're saying, well, the resources are stretched at the US southern border in Texas, Arizona, and in other states. Uh, but, you know, the charitable, charitable organizations we spoke with, charity says, they're trying to do the best they can with those limited resources, they could always use more. As for the migrants, you know, there are many of them hoping to apply for asylum, wondering what comes next for them. But they don't know if they'll stay here, if they plan to stay with family members.
7: So
4: perhaps the chief critic of former President Trump in Congress, Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney, has conceded defeat in her primary against election denier Harriet Hageman. Uh, Cheney is the latest Republican to lose in a hyper-partisan primary season for speaking out against Trump's election lies. John Avalon here with our reality check. So how
8: exactly did Trump's election lies become the GOP litmus test? Well, look no further than the low turnout partisan primaries, because it forces power to the extremes, often elevating the most play to the base candidates and punishing principled independents. That, in turn, floods our political system with hyperpartisan cowards and cranks. Just take a look at the fates of the 10 House GOP members who had the spine to stand up to Donald Trump's election lies by voting for his impeachment. Well, their political hides are being paraded as a cautionary tale among conservatives to cow others into silence. But this was not the definitive verdict it might seem on the surface. See, four of them declined to run for re-election, largely because they faced tough races amid the rigged system of redistricting. Of the remaining six, two survived their primaries, California David Valdeo and Washington State's Dan Newhouse. And not for nothing, they both won in top two open primaries, where independents, as well as Democrats and Republicans, can vote. So that election reform helped create a more representative result. Now it's true. Newhouse's Washington state colleague, Jamie Herrera-Butler, narrowly missed the top two in her reelection bid, ultimately losing by just over 1,000 votes to a Trump-backed candidate, but in a district where the Democrat came first. Over in the swing state of Michigan, Representative Peter Meyer fell by less than 4,000 votes behind his conspiracy theory spouting opponent, who was shamefully boosted by Democrats in the final week because he was seen as easier to beat in the general election. And then, of course, back in June, South Carolina Republican Tom Rice fell to a Trump back candidate with less than a quarter turnout compared to a general election, even in that conservative district. And finally, there's Liz Cheney last night going down to defeat against election denier Harriet Hageman. Now, in previous years, this constitutional conservative won with more than seven percent of the vote. But her decision to tell the truth about Trump was apparently.
9: And welcome back to Flower Politics podcast episode 620. It's 24th of August, year of the Lord, 2022. Love that intro. Sad about Cheney, somehow the media is now for the IRS, carrying guns and going after conservatives, of course. NBC rediscovers the border because they're all rediscovering it now that we're sending people to their states. But our best news that why I came down, even though I'm not feeling good today, Brian Seltzer is gone at CNN, and it's because he once again would not toe the line. So I I hate to do it to you, but I got to play the worst of Brian Seltzer, because this fucking fool should have gone away a long time ago.
10: But first, an election mess in the making with three months before ballots will be counted. Picture all of us Americans in a car together. President Trump is the driver, and he is trying to drive us off the road. He is trying to crash the car. In this analogy, the car is our democracy. It is old, it's got a lot of miles on it, but it's still running strong. It's been well maintained. It stays humming along. It stays on the road through voting, through elections. But the driver, ever since 2016, I don't know, either he wants to go off-roading or he wants the car all to himself or he doesn't know where he's going. Something's going on with the driver. He's trying to crash the car, but all of us are along for the ride because we are witnessing creeping authoritarianism in America. The New York Times called it Trump's campaign to undercut democracy. And, And you can say it was just a tweet and you can say he was just kidding. It is still. Creeping authoritarianism, even if the guy is joking. Of course, the good news this week is the Republicans did immediately challenge Trump's musing about delaying the election. And more good news news outlets did a really good job of truth squatting right away, immediately pointing out in the headlines that Trump didn't have the authority to delay anything anyway. But it's August 2nd. The election is November 3rd. There's going to be three more months of this, three more months of the lies. Three more months of the sowing doubt, of the delegitimizing the election, three more months of this. And the president still has the keys. He is still behind the wheel. His, The first. One DNC down, one RNC to go. And what we are going to see in the next few days is a truth imbalance. Because if we've learned anything from the Trump years, it's that There's a a real likelihood, there's a real forecast of lies coming fast and furious from the president and sadly from many of his allies uh, in these speeches, in these videos, in these events that we are about to witness. There's a real difference, there's a real contrast in how much lying and and deception takes place between uh, Trump world and other parts of the political universe. I don't think we can paint with too broad a brush here, Democrats versus Republicans, but it's definitely Trump world versus other political leaders. I think it's something called asymmetric lying. I mean, look at this. This is from the DNC, a CNN's fact-checking team led by Daniel Dale, checked out the DNC speeches. Here's the the review of the first two nights saying, look, uh, the major speakers mostly spoke in generalities, but when they did make assertions of facts, they have been largely accurate. The, the checking of Biden's speech on Thursday found pretty much the same thing. But at the RNC, at the Republican convention starting Monday, we can expect a grievance convention where speakers will rant and rave against the media. We know that there are going to be right-wing Internet celebrities, uh, kind of straight off Fox News, uh, speaking at this uh, virtual or partly in-person convention. I think we can expect, sadly, misinformation about voting, which is going to put news outlets in tough positions about when to interrupt, when to fact check, and how. There's probably also going to be headlines about COVID-19 and safety concerns uh, since the president really wants to have a crowd, he wants to have an audience, some type of audience, uh, when he is speaking. And we know that he will be speaking in some fashion every night. CNN now reporting he plans to speak in some form every night in the 10 p.m. hour. Now, the 10 p.m. hour is when the broadcast networks uh, carry the conventions live. Of course, CNN and MSNBC carry the 9 p.m. hour of the Democrats' convention live as well. And that's going to be the plan. But there are discussions in newsrooms about how to handle what is likely to be a stream of lying. A pioneer of conservative media and a deeply polarizing figure, Rush Limbaugh became the most prominent political radio host in modern American history. Fans, known as Dittoheads, cheered his brazen style while critics blasted him for racist, sexist, and other offensive speech. He accused actor Michael J. Fox of exaggerating his Parkinson's symptoms.
5: He is moving all around and shaking, and it's purely an act. Women must
11: describe their fate.
10: And he insulted a college student who advocated for access to birth control. It makes you a slut, right? It makes you a prostitute. After sponsors dropped his show, Limbaugh apologized for that one.
12: And I again sincerely apologize to Ms. Fluke for using those two words to describe her. In
10: 2003, his stint as an NFL commentator on ESPN lasted only four weeks. He resigned in the face of public outcry after suggesting that Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb was overrated because of his race. The media has been very desirous that a black quarterback do well. But Limbaugh's popularity survived all the controversies as well as his own personal struggles. In 2001, he suffered hearing loss from an autoimmune disease. Two years later, he admitted a drug problem.
5: I am addicted
9: to prescription pain medication.
10: Limbaugh was arrested for doctor shopping in 2006, but went to rehab and the charge was dropped. Through it all, he remained a hero to the right, defending Republicans from what he said was the biased liberal media. A conservative media icon, As most of you know, CNN has a new owner. Warner Brothers Discovery is making big changes across the company. And there's going to be more change all across the company, including here at CNN. And I'm sad that I won't be here to cover it. But since this is our final episode, we're going to do something a little bit differently today. This entire hour, it's a special hour, and it's about change. It's about change all across the media world. What's changing, what might change, and what must never change about the accountability function of journalism. You know, I love this show, this small but mighty show, plunged above its weight for so many years. You know, the thing about TV is that it's ephemeral, right? It's fleeting. It evaporates up into the air and a lot of it is not even meant to be, a lot of it's not even meant to be remembered. But this program transcended that. It's a part of journalism school curriculum. Teachers across the country and in other countries outside the US, teachers use segments from this show all the time in classrooms, in lessons, guiding and teaching
12: the next generation. All news organizations, especially this one, need to be covering in great detail, and that is the pendulum swinging against democracy all over the world, in Western Europe, in the former communist East, in this country, where more and more we see authoritarianism, not just in the presidency of Donald Trump, but in the state legislatures, in the campaigns that we're watching now. But the decline of democracy, and it's metrically possible to measure it, the number of countries in the past 10 years that have gone from democracy to authoritarianism is increasingly rapid. And, and we need to cover it, even if it's not sexy. It goes to everything okay. you mentioned. Climate what if it's uncomfortable?
13: So, my hope for CNN more than ever, this is the most important cable channel, I think, right now mm. to, to, to set a standard for journalism, Brian. All right. And I pray to God they do it. I'll they keep you what, doing it.
10: Here's what I do know I know it's not partisan to stand up for decency and democracy and dialogue, it's not partisan to stand up to demagogues. It's required, it's patriotic. We must make sure we don't give platforms to those who are lying to our faces. But we also must make sure we are representing the full spectrum of debate and representing what's going on in this country and in this world. I can't wait to be watching CNN, seeing what happens in the future. I'm going to be rooting for it. I want CNN to be strong. I believe America needs CNN to be strong. I believe the free world needs CNN to be strong. And it will continue to be because all of us are going to help make that happen. The free world needs a reliable source. So, for reliable sources, do any of you feel like you try to correct friends or family now based on what you've learned?
4: Mm-hmm.
10: Really? Yeah. You all feel like every student needs to be learning news literacy?
4: Yeah, yeah,
10: yeah. What might lie ahead? Jen, thanks for coming on Reliable Sources. My pleasure. Busy summer ahead, infrastructure, election reform. What does the press get wrong when covering Biden's agenda? When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong?
0: Well, look, I think some of our muscles have atrophied a little bit over the last few years. And there isn't uh, a lot of memory, or recent memory or long, longer memory on how long it takes to get legislation forward or how messy uh, the process of negotiating and the process of getting legislation across the finish line can be. So we know, we understand everybody's always looking for a deadline, a timeline, things like that. But at the end of the day, uh, our focus is on getting these bills across the finish line, doing it in a bipartisan way if we can. And we certainly recognize that that can be messy along the process. So I don't know if that's the press getting it wrong. Uh, I'll leave you to the critique of that, Brian. But uh, I think sometimes we forget uh, how strange the last four years were. And when we return to a place where democracy is working, where we're talking with Democrats and Republicans, where we're trying to get bills and legislation passed, it feels foreign. But this is actually how it's supposed to work.
10: There are times in your briefings where you seem so comfortable. Then there's times where you seem frustrated by the lines of questions. That would be funny if it wasn't so insidious, ginning up hate. CNN is so much bigger than any single individual. Too much of the US media chatter is distorted to the point of being dishonest. Don't be so hateful. Is that too much to ask? I don't know, maybe it is. Trust in media. Has CNN lost trust? We're living in two different realities, supported by two different news worlds. It's almost like we need two kinds of newscasts uh, or two versions of the weather report. The forecast is pretty sunny for the vaccinated but it's quite bleak in some states for the unvaccinated. I'm glad that we work in a building where everyone's vaccinated. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. (laughs) What does the press get wrong when covering Biden's agenda? When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong? I'm gonna go a little bit uh, rogue here, so bear with me, okay? Trump's odd behavior with Vladimir Putin is compelling so many people to ask, What does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? When you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left, tearing down Trump? (laughs) You're cracking me up. The lying, the deception, the anti-media attacks, it is getting worse. Being clear about the threat to democracy is one of the most important things that American journalists can do. Reducing a liar's reach, is not the same as censoring freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is different than freedom of reach. I think we're gonna look back someday and say, wait, they tried to ban the 16, 19, pro- like like we're gonna look back, we're just gonna, it's gonna its going to make no sense in 30 or 40 years. Um, but is this just the white lash in another form? The media organs that profit from conflict are on a crusade now, working overtime to demonize Disney, claiming the company is indoctrinating and sexualizing children through movies and TV shows. Sorry, just it, it pisses me off. We will always have flaws, we will always screw up, we will always have to run corrections, we will always have to keep working to make it better and better and better every single day. And I mean, for all we know, these emails are made up or maybe some are real and others are fakes, we don't know. But we do know that this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. Let's just raise the bar for everybody, though. Standards higher across the board. The people who say we're lacking journalism, that we've become an all-talk channel, that we've run off and we're all opinions all the time, that Jeff Zucker led us astray, those people aren't watching CNN. They're not watching CNN. They're watching complaints about CNN on other channels that don't know what they're talking about. That's the truth. But this program transcended that. It's a part of journalism school curriculum. Teachers across the country and in other countries outside the U.S., teachers use segments from this show all the time in classrooms, in lessons, guiding and teaching the next generation. I know we're all used to him tweeting all the time, but just think about what he's saying here. The president, with his back up against the wall, is saying journalists are dangerous, sick, enemies of the people. That's where we are this is America. Let me show you a few of the reactions from journalists this morning. Chuck Todd calling this outrageous. He's saying here he tries not to take the bait, but this time he's reacting in the hopes that rational folks realize this is wrong and dangerous. Bill Kristol, an outspoken Trump critic, says the president sounds closer in spirit to Vladimir Putin than America. And SV Date, a White House reporter for the HuffPost, pointed out that other leaders in the past have also used the phrase enemy of the people. Among those leaders, Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler. Look, enemy of the people does have a Stalin-era connotation. It was used in order to inflict pain and cause violence on populations of people throughout history. If the president doesn't know that, surely someone has told him by now. But you think about what's happened this week, there's been three days of rallies, the president singing the same tune, but singing it more loudly, he's shouting some of these attacks nowadays, and there's certainly been a newfound focus on how he whips up his crowds against the press corps. More and more, I think hate movement is the proper term for what's going on. But President Trump is not just telling his fans to ignore what we report, he's telling people that we are the enemy. Trump and some of his allies are promoting a hate movement against the American press. Now I've been seeing that term used more and more. The first time I saw it uh, more than a year ago, I, I think, was uh, by NYU's Jay Rosen. Uh, others are picking up on it as well. I think it's a helpful frame to understand what the president is doing. When, when we see people uh, booing journalists at rallies, when-, when we see the death threats that come in over social media. The word cult has been popping up more and more. Uh, think back to two weeks ago on this program, Anthony Scaramucci uh, talked about his claim that Trump supporters are in a cult. Just last week, Dan Rather said he thinks support for Trump seems increasingly cultish. And this weekend in the Washington Post, a Trump critic and Republican strategist John Weaver said the GOP is not a party anymore in the traditional sense. It's a cult. But none of them are mental health experts. Stephen Hassan is. He's out with a brand new book called The Cult of Trump. He has firsthand experience escaping the unification church back in the 70s. And he's decided to write this book because he believes there's something seriously wrong with our politics.
13: So I define a destructive cult as an authoritarian pyramid structured group with someone at the top who claims to have total power and total wisdom that uses deception and and control of behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions to make people loyal and dependent and obedient followers so for me the the issue of between a an ethical, healthy cult where you're free to think and free to leave versus a destructive cult, I'm referring to uh, the, uh, Trump's organization and and mm. followership as a destructive cult. Where people are being fed propaganda and they're not being encouraged to think for themselves. They're not being encouraged to really explore and, and look at the details and arrive at their own conclusion. Much of what they're hearing is emotionally driven, uh, loaded words, thought st- stopping and, and thought terminating type cliches like fake news or build the wall or make America great again. You
10: say the president is using mind control, but how how, how is that provable?
13: So we can start with the pathological lie.
10: Truth still matters. So let's talk more about the truth and why it matters and what's been happening uh, in the impeachment inquiry coverage. We have an incredible panel here in New York with me to talk about right-wing media's reaction and so much more. Uh, Nicole Hemmer, Dan Rather, Abigail Tracy, all here with me. Uh, And I've got to start with you, Dan, because uh, you are our senior correspondent today. You've been watching history along with the rest of us. Uh, Do you feel that anything changed after these first two days of televised hearings? I think
14: uh, one thing has changed. It's becoming increasingly uh, apparent that truth is closing in. Truth does matter. And there's been this feeling for a long time that, well, the White House with this alternate narrative, a false narrative, and with his allies in primetime on Fox, was at least in a standoff with truth. Hmm. I think what we've seen over the last few days as to say truth is beginning to close in. Facts are beginning to matter.
10: You said the other day, I have covered many cults. Some end with a bang, others with a whimper, but they invariably end. The question is how much damage they leave in their wake. Is Mitch McConnell part of the Trump cult?
14: Yes, I think the short answer is yes, and I'm not the only one making this observation that increasingly, President Trump's support seems cultish. It's more—it's all about him. It's not about the policy. It's not about the standards of politics. You know, Ronald Reagan had a, a very solid following, but he stood for something in terms of policy. Franklin Roosevelt, same way. That these cults. Uh, it.
9: He's a fucking clown. He was always a fucking clown. The guy got a start because he did a podcast from his basement. Zucker heard it. He brought him online. And his sole purpose was to be the ombudsman. He's supposed to say the media's fucked up. This is what the media needs to do. This is where they're wrong. There's actually one on um, Fox that covers even Fox. But not this guy. He just watched Fox pushed liberal causes. And when they said they wanted to be less biased, he just couldn't do it. But why would we be surprised? There was Yamichi. They're very worried about former President Trump coming back. Yeah, that's the reason why Americans think the country's on the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's completely it. I mean, there's too many things to list, all the stupid shit. There's shows, there's lists everywhere. You can find them. I won't waste your time. But even Google, if you searched Mr. Potato Head, Brian Seltzer came up this weekend. Because even they knew. The guy was a fucking joke. He's always been a joke. And I don't understand how we think in the media that... That's what we need. Because of idiots like him, you get the sound bite that you heard. Your meat smoke is on me. We, we have made people more crazy, more unhinged. Because you want to talk about Fox as ruining the country, but that's not the case. CNN has overwhelmingly divided the country way more. They were the walls are closing in. That was their stick since day one. The walls are closing in. Oliver Darcy it has been a hell of a ride working with Brian Seltzer and the Liable source team over the last five years. Brian has been a first class colleague, mentor and friend. I cannot wait to see what he does next. As for me, I'm looking forward to continuing to cover the media and hold powerful people and institutions accountable. It's important work, and I'm grateful to do it for CNN. And everybody goes, by powerful, you mean Republican? That's what you mean. You, you don't mean powerful people. I mean, I just... I just don't understand... Here's just a few, because I have so many stories. Number 10, Seltzer, after documentary evidence emerged proving Jesse Smollett faked his hate crime, bravely held on hope that one day the hoax may be proven true anyway. Nine, Seltzer, eager to please his new boss, politely asked incoming press secretary Jen Psaki how reporters can do better. Eight, Seltzer, always willing to ask the tough questions, once wondered whether we could perhaps set up some kind of re-education camp. For Trump voters, rightfully worried about unapproved information entering circulation, warned that popularity of Joe Rogan podcast was a major problem. Seltzer always had a knack for booking that rare guest who was able to match his own reputation, accuracy, and reliability, and that's, of course, Krugman. We just played it a couple podcasts ago. America's cheered when Seltzer rightfully called out those egotistical Canadians who officially demand freedom despite choosing not to live in the United States. Seltzer's expertise extended not just to Fox News, but also comedy. There were people making fun of him. Next time you're thinking of inviting Seltzer to a party, be sure not to forget a list of clearly defined rules that will pr- govern the festivities. Seltzer news sense was unparalleled. For example, only Seltzer could watch leaked videos of Disney producers admitting sexualizing children programming was pronounced boring. But perhaps Seltzer's most lasting contribution to journalism will always be his willingness to take a stand, even when it undermined his own industry, the Constitution, and order and common sense. As a principled analyst, Seltzer would surely still think a ministry of truth is common sense were Trump the one creating it. And, of course, he wouldn't. The memes and gifts were amazing. Throwing potatoes out. I mean... I mean that's that that's where we go. That that's that's CNN. That's that's what we can expect. I mean This is an actual article at CNN and because gas has gone down you're getting a $100 raise. That's how far they'll spin shit. That's how far they'll go to help Biden. I mean, this week alone, we had some very interesting admissions from media heads.
5: I mean, Hunter Biden, at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared. Right. It's like there's nothing. First of all, it's Hunter Biden. Right. It's not. It's like it's not joe biden but even if joe like even the, whatever scope of joe biden's corruption is like if you if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and and understand that he's getting kickbacks from hunter biden's deals in ukraine or wherever else right or china it is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know trump is involved in it's like it's like it's like a firefly to the sun right i mean like there's just it doesn't, even, it doesn't even stack up against Trump University, right? Trump University as a story is worse than anything that could be in, in Hunter Biden's laptop, in my view, right? Now that's not, that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the, you know, the New York Post's Twitter account. Like that, that's a, just a conspiracy, that's a left-wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump absolutely it was absolutely right but i think it was warranted right and i'm and again it's a coin toss as to whether or not sam i'm sorry that particular piece i'm I'm really sorry i i was the one that said we should move on but you've just said something i really struggle with There, which is you support the 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 kids in the basement you no no (laughs) fuck (laughs) the kids in the
8: basement i'm interested (laughs) in democracy you're saying you are content with a left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically re-elected as
5: president well, no, I, I'm content. Well, so it's, but the thing is, it's just not left wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left wing, right? Liz Cheney is doing everything with a conspiracy in her power to prevent somebody no, being democratic. No, but it's not like, No, but there's nothing conspiracy. It's not. It, it was a conspiracy out in the open. It does, but it doesn't matter if it was. It doesn't matter what parts conspiracy, what parts out in the open. I mean, I think it's like, if people get together and talk and talk about what should we do with, about this phenomenon, you know, if, if it's like if there if there was an asteroid hurtling toward Earth. And and we got in a room together with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to. They
9: they outright admit it. It's, of course, what they did, but they're so blazing, you know, brazen that they will outright say it. I mean, why not? New York Times mocks right-wing fury over the IRS overhaul, unfounded conspiracy theories. The problem is, if you really want to break this down, they are, they're not, I I don't care what the Hill says, Republicans say there's nothing in the law to prevent an increase in audits of middle-class Americans, and no Democrats voted against the GOP amendment to prevent the new funds from being used to go after lower earners, because they're pouncing but this IRS thing is insane. It's just insane that you would think this is a good idea. This is an actual IRS training scenario.
15: Congress recently appropriated funds, so the IRS is currently looking to hire more special agents or CIs nationwide.
4: are looking around, starting around somewhere in there. Uh, And then the advancements are you'll move up, you know, one level every year for the first few years, so.
15: An agent that's been in the field for a long time can top out at around $175,000 a year, as well as benefits and retirement. These aren't actual police officers. They're students posing as special agents for the IRS, arresting a man who is wanted for tax evasion.
4: Who are you guys?
2: Um, what is this? <laughs> We're the IRS. Runner, You're right under the arrest. Runner. You're going to jail, buddy. <laughs>
15: most people don't even know that the irs has criminal investigators who use their accounting skills and their authority as a special irs agent to help solve tax crimes under this scenario these students find the owner of a landscaping company has several vehicles that may have been purchased from monies not reported through his business after an undercover interview using a wireless mic the special irs agents find that dodger who is selling his business has two sets of books
5: Uh, Handcuffs and first aid is generally what everybody wears, and then it just depends on the individual and what else they want to carry.
15: And no tasers.
16: No tasers. That's what. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah.
15: And in the end, they're taught how to use their skills and finally arrest the mock offender.
12: But you want to identify. Hey, police, we're here with an arrest warrant. We're going to be taking you to jail today. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what you. They want to know because they're going to start asking questions like I did. Who are you? What are you doing? Why are you putting me in cuffs? What did I do?
9: the spin that you're seeing online is just unfucking believable just unfucking believable people literally they just once again believe the good people would never do these things cuz they're the good people they're the good side I mean, I don't know if I have the picture. This is what we're getting from our media now. We need to get rid of the Constitution because it's an impediment. It blocks the ability of libs to have overreaching powers. I mean, right now, well, I'll save that for the end. I'm going to talk about that. And today's going to be a quick little vignette because, like I said, I don't feel great. This is the subject that I'm just going to talk about. I'm not going to play sound bites. Now, I want you to remember the years of Trump. Go on back and think about all. The histrionics we had about Trump—it started with him saying he had a whole bunch of people there, but they weren't as big as Obama. It went into Mexicans are murder or murderer rapists—that's not what he said. So those fine people, koi fish, bleach, Normandy—I mean, the list goes on for fucking ever—and the media lost their shit about every one of those issues. Went crazy. Now I want you to think if the president, President Trump had decided to go and do a bill that was to reduce taxes on the middle class. We're trying to make something, you know, make an analogy that'll make sense. But then what it really did was send a whole bunch of funds to outlaw abortion. It was called the middle class tax cut. And then Fox, after it passed, said this is going to really restrict abortion. How would that work? Because remember, Democrats designed a climate law to be a game changer. Here's how. That's not what the law was. The law was named the Inflation Reduction Act. It was supposed to reduce inflation. It was supposed to help the middle class because we're having so many problems, which we are. We're going to fix it. We're going to get rid of it and we're going to make things better for the middle class. That's what they said. How would that go over? Because what we played on most of these podcasts over the last month is how imperative it was that we pass the Inflation Reduction Act very important big stuff we need it but it doesn't and then you see the u.s climate bill no measurable effect reduced temps by point zero 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 nine to 0. 0.028 By the end of the century. Basically. Nothing. It doesn't help. Jennifer Graham home. Biden's incredible transition could be the greatest peace plan the world has ever known. A moon... I'm not even going to play her. A moon move to green energy. It's a peace plan. That's what they're spinning now. And the, the best part about it... Fearing a wipeout, Democrats try to unify around a simple midterm message... Republicans are extremists. I've been hearing it so much lately, it's 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 actually comedic. Um how extreme the you know, we, we covered it the Christian white nationalists and You name it QAnon fucking Boogaloo Boys three percenters. All this. We've been trying to cling to a boogeyman for this midterm so hard and we can't get anything to stick. That's why they really need Trump. They need Trump. They're trying to get Trump. How do we get Trump in this? And, And... a separate point, there's now proof that the the White House knew about the raid of Mar-a-Lago. There's now proof that they called for it. Which, once again, gets thrown on the pile of what if Trump did this? What would happen if Trump Sent the FBI into, let's say, uh, Beto's house. H- how would how would that go over? It's 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 a no brainer. We know how it'd go over. I mean, our media is so fucking bad. That the CDC finally admitted that they made errors and then they defended him and Fauci and Fauci's retiring and he's the greatest person, I'm not going to play any of those sound bites. how he's the greatest goddamn public servant that ever fucking walked the earth. Well, here is Rand Paul
12: pretty much saying, no, he's not. Well, I mean, Senator, to give you some credit, you were calling all of this out from the get-go, including the origins of of the coronavirus and this Wuhan virology lab that apparently NIH money went to uh, as well. Yeah, it's about time
2: the CDC actually admits their failures But I think in admitting their failure, they say, you know, the road to recovery, it means, uh, you know, acknowledging you have a problem. But I think in admitting their failure, they still aren't acknowledging, you know, what the solution is. Their solution is, oh, maybe we were too slow to institute mandates because we were debating the science. I think the opposite is true. They were looking at the science, misinterpreting it, and then drawing conclusions that meant, oh, we should put masks on all of our children. Well, countries like Sweden didn't put the children in masks at all. The children didn't get sick and die, neither did the teachers. And yet the conclusions we drew from the CDC, I think, were incorrect and have led to a great deal of setbacks for our children. But you're right. The biggest error they made was not acknowledging that once you've had COVID, you have immunity and that it's protective. By not acknowledging that, they've been pushing four or five boosters. They've been saying that two-year-old children need to have boosters. There's no truth to that. There is no evidence. I asked Dr. Fauci this in committee. There's no evidence that a booster for a child protects transmission, hospitalization, or death. The only thing a booster does is it, your child will make antibodies to a booster, but there's no evidence that it's of any benefit to your child to get a booster.
12: And there was no science behind what they were trying to push on children either. You you got the virus very early and you were very public about it. Uh, And you talk more than anybody else about natural immunity. For those that may not know, you're a medical doctor as well. Did you ever get any of the vaccines? And you don't have to answer that question if you don't want.
2: Mm. No, I didn't. But it's not because I'm anti-vaccine. I'm just pro science. I'm pro immunity. We've known since the beginning of time. Look, if you ask Dr. Fauci, there's a clip of him from 2006 where a mother says, my son has had the flu. Does he need to take a flu vaccine? And Dr. Fauci correctly responds, no. If you've had the virus, that's the best inoculation ever it's better than a vaccine. That's what he said in 2006, that's still true. We don't wanna get COVID, but if you've already had COVID, you have been inoculated. It has a great deal of protective effect. It's more than twice the protective effect of a vaccine and all of the studies show that it's long lasting. But because they don't acknowledge this and they don't study this, they keep going blindly on to more and more vaccines. You've gotta have foreign vaccines. What I wanna know is if you've had it, what is your risk? It turns out your risk of going to the hospital is 57 times less than somebody who hasn't had it. It's very protective, but until they acknowledge that, as long as they ignore that science, they're not being honest with the American public. And no amount of overall the CDC will work if they're not honest about the scientific data. Is it? Remember, we, they told us not to buy masks because they
9: was the noble lie. They withheld the fucking vaccine. Which didn't work, and now I'm sick, like still sick. So clearly, a really bad gene therapy, or whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean, until after the election, so they wouldn't help anybody. Those were the companies that did it. I mean, wh- why would anybody believe anything the media and the left talk about? I mean, today's theme, which I don't have a theme, I don't have a format. I'm just down here running, bumping my gums is they will do anything for Democrats. This is Glenn Kessler. I literally tweeted duck hunt to this motherfucker. That they don't kill that many birds. And it's an, a teeny amount. He, he went that far to defend the left because they're going to throw a fucking shitload of fucking wind, wind up. Turbines are going to be fucking everywhere, and they think that's going to fix shit, even though it doesn't. But they'll protect that. FBI searched data of millions of Americans without warrants. comes to seem after fucking January 6th. They just went through everybody's shit. And it, and it didn't matter if you were there or not. If you talked about anything, they went through your shit. Texts, phone calls. They thought they had the right. So they decided just to go through your Shit. Here is another example of how do you trust these people in the media and the left? Words. They've changed. BC before Christ, bipartisanship, dreamer, fascist, gender inclusive, global warming, husband and wife, income inequality, liberal patriarchy, patriot, progressive, illegal alien, life, mankind, racism, reproductive rights, sanctuary cities, sex, social justice. We're not talking just the left is doing this. Marion Webster's will change definitions for the left. And it makes you think. Does that make any sense? Sorry about the dog upstairs. I don't know what he's barking at. I'm gonna go kill him in a few minutes. Brandeis word police highlight the absurdity of modern progressiveness. Great article by Jason Rance. And he goes down the list again. Right now the media is so disingenuous and, and I, I'm not a Republican, so I don't have a skin in this, but they, they are pushing to get this dying person elected.
17: I'm honored to be standing in the shadow of your, your amazing building. Do you think of the 10 homes Dr. Oz have? Has a union hall across their home? If you say, you think the word of Steelworker. What words come to your mind if you say steelworkers? Of all the words that bring to your mind when you hear the word steelworkers, does the word crudite come to your mind? That's not a word that's going to come to my mind. Crudite is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income, in this, is one simple and one simple truth. If you send me to Washington, D.C., and there's going to be choices in front of me as the next senator, and it's going to be, it's going to be what? Are you going to stand with the union way of life, or are you going to stand with trying to destroy the union way of life? And there is, near, there is no doubt in knowing I'm going to come down and stand with the union way of life if i'm your next senator to washington dc guess what you're still going to have a senator that's going to be living across the street from your steel plant i'm going to be the kind of senator that's going to be living directly across the street with a union hall 1219.
9: the man had fucking strokes Because it's the midterm, David From Trump Russia hoax will except for the part where whole thread totally debunked, disproven, they're carrying it because they're scared. They have gone so extreme they know they're gonna lose. There's even media saying that it looks like they're not gonna lose, and the spin is already starting with push polls. And polls that are totally weighted so Democrats have more people. They're just pushing it. With Fauci, this is just a small list of what the media let him get away with. Mask. Nothing is evasive answers about whether U.S. taxpayer money end up financing Wuhan. You want to answer that. Openly admitted some of his advice was based upon sending signals rather than an actual valuation of risk. Early on in the pandemic, most of the MSM shifted from treating Fauci as experienced, knowledgeable public officials to treating them like an infallible saint. This is the part of a long-time worsening trend of the MSM turning big, complicated stories into personalities and treating issues like binary dichotomies. Think of all the things... The media did for COVID outright lying, outright blaming Christians, outright blaming rural folk because we had to drive farther to go get our groceries. This this is what they did. Because it would benefit Democrats. All of it would. And then there's Liz Cheney. The GOP just borrowed a Soviet skill and disappeared Liz Cheney. She lost by 38 points in a free and fair election. Geraldo, whatever your politics, we should all recognize Liz Cheney's selfless courage in standing up to the Trump tidal wave. Wyoming Republicans are going to end her congressional career today, but nothing will wash away the role she played standing up for democracy and the Constitution. Greg Gutfeld, screw what millions of voters care about, crime, inflation, the border, bureaucracy, and COVID. We really should rally around a rich elite who's settling an emotional score. No, her selfish desire killed her political career, as it should. It's the opposite of selfless. And she paid. They're bringing her on to why she McCarthy I'm just going to play it.
3: If January 6th can't convince Republicans to reject Donald Trump,
11: what can? Well, I think that as a nation, whether we're Republicans or Democrats or independents, we all have to reject that. And we can agree that there are certain issues we're never going to agree on politically, but we have to come together, you know, across those party lines uh, in order to protect ourselves against against that kind of threat.
3: So, So you've said you're going to work against election deniers. If it's not Trump, and if it's, if it's somebody like Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, th- these are all people that have tied themselves very closely uh, to Trump. Will you oppose them? I mean, could you see yourself supporting any of them?
11: Uh, it would be very difficult. When you look at somebody like Josh Hawley or somebody like Ted Cruz, both of whom uh, know better, both of whom know exactly what the role of Congress is in terms of our constitutional obligations with respect to uh, presidential elections, Uh, and yet both of whom took steps that that fundamentally threatened um, the the constitutional order and structure in the aftermath of the last election. So, you know, in in my view, they they both uh, have made themselves unfit for future office. What about DeSantis? DeSantis is somebody who is right now campaigning for election deniers. uh, And I think that is something that, that I think people have got to have real pause about. You know, either you fundamentally believe in and will support uh, our constitutional structure or you don't.
7: Well, here's the things that are concerning me, Fernand, because I hear what you're saying, and I think it's, you know, a sign that says something that Mitch McConnell is concerned. Um, however, I do think about the rampant voter suppression happening across the country. I think about partisan poll watchers. I think about these folks who are running how elections um, are, are happening, uh, who perhaps have been emboldened since January 6th. And I wonder um, if this is not a fair playing field. Uh, you know, could voters so overwhelmingly be frightened at what they're seeing at the Republican Party that once again they will leapfrog over these kind of tactics to suppress the will of the people.
1: Well but there has to be a way to get that done Tiffany because fundamentally right now what is on the ballot this November let's not make any mistake about it and I think the Liz Cheney results from this week made it crystal clear the choice is not between Democrat and Republican it's between democracy and fascism but you're right the Republican playbook is to rig the system and make voting the most difficult thing possible So you're asking a lot of these Democratic candidates to win in states with one hand tied behind their back, a little pepper spray thrown in their faces when you take into consideration all of these efforts that the Republicans are doing in these states to make voting more difficult and to target certain voters. We certainly see it everywhere, but it's especially happening here even in my home state of Florida, which is where in an otherwise environment where things are looking really difficult now, for the Republicans and have been in these last two weeks, uh, it's still something you have to contend with. And you're right. uh, You cannot take them for granted.
9: They're just using it for political points now. It benefits them to continue to talk about, oh, she couldn't make it Republican because of Trump, because of Trump. This is what's online. These are the proles if she ran as an independent because she can't win as a Republican. She will not win as a Republican. There's no way she's going to win as a Republican. It had nothing to do with honor. All of Washington hates Trump because Trump won't color within the lines. So they make her a saint and they try to push the idea that You know, you're bad if you don't vote for her. But they don't want her. These are the people. Game of Thrones spinoff forced birth scene trigger pro-choice crowd. That happened this week. It was medieval times. They took the baby. The Carolina Journal... Mainstream media will never cover this. Investigators want details of DMV glitch that allowed non-citizens to vote. But remember, we're told there, there is no fraud. There's no fraud. There's no fraud at all. If you say there's fraud, you're a fucking liar. That was the most secure election ever, even though it was all mailed and stuffed in ballot boxes and we have video showing it. It was perfect. It was a perfect election where somehow somehow, some way a guy who never could make it past Iowa for president got 81 million votes. Yeah. That's the thing. So how do you believe these people? How do you believe any of the polls are shoveling out? How do you believe any of this? Because every day you just do some independent research and everything they're telling you is a fucking lie. It's all a lie. We have a media that just carries waters for the Democrats. They'll even carry... Trans
8: water
10: Turn it up, turn it on. Ragin'
8: like we fed to the bone, good on the floor, run it loose. Gotta put this to let's be to you. If you need an education in the party scene, as you think you can dance within me,
15: this ain't no joke. Turn up Let's get away.
11: At all these families!
18: Hi, families! It's time for a pride parade. Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. This family has two mummies. They love each other so proudly, and they all go marching in the big parade.
4: Boston Children's Hospital says its doctors and staff have been facing violent threats after right-wing groups spread online misinformation and conspiracy theories like this one on TikTok about their facility providing care for transgender children. CNN's Alexander Field is with us now on this story. What's happening here?
19: Look, the claims being made online are demonstrably false, unequivocally. Uh, but the threats that this hospital community is facing, they are and they feel very, very real. Boston Children's Hospital, bills itself as the first pediatric and adolescent transgender uh, health facility in the nation. It provides gender affirming care, but the hospital has now put out a statement saying it's taking all possible measures to protect members of the community. And it is saying in no uncertain terms that it condemns the attacks and the misinformation that is being spread. It also goes on to say in very clear terms, Boston Children's does not perform genital surgeries as part of gender affirming care on a patient under the age of 18. Now, the U.S. attorney in Massachusetts has said that uh, their office is investigating any possible leads after they saw this spike in threats against the hospital community that followed a proliferation of social media posts, including a video that was posted to an account that has 1.3 million followers. That video showed a doctor talking about and explaining hysterectomy. The doctor made no mention of girls, no mention of minors. And yet that post was accompanied with this text. It said Boston Children's Hospital is now offering gender-affirming hysterectomies for young girls. Just entirely false. But really, we're talking about this not just because of the threats to this hospital, but because it's part of a larger narrative that we're seeing nationwide. We are seeing more facilities that provide gender-affirming care, which is not just surgery at all. It's a multidisciplinary approach uh, to caring for the transgender community coming under fire. Now, Massachusetts has very strong laws that protect and support the LGBTQ plus community, but we have seen action in 15 other states to either implement or work to implement laws that would restrict access to this kind of care.
4: That misinformation being amplified by a former top aide to President Trump, we should mention this is gaining a lot of traction.
20: In the ways in which states intervene with parental authority. So after all, for most of the history of liberal democracies, society uh, liberal democratic societies, parents psychologically harming their children wasn't considered a matter for the state to deal with at all. There are large gaps then in appropriate measures to protect children not of age to protect themselves. In the United Kingdom, for instance, new Cinderella legislation um, was recently ratified, and this is aimed at protecting emotionally abused children and punishing their perpetrators. Parliament Member Robert Buckland had this to say about the legislation. Our criminal law has never reflected the full range of emotional suffering experienced by children who are abused by their parents or caretakers. The sad truth is that, until now, the wicked stepmother would have gotten away scot-free. So Buckland's statement uh, well exemplifies the legal gap when it comes to protecting children from non-physical forms of abuse. So whether the parents fully understand it or not, transgender children going through puberty of the wrong gender is harmful in this special way. So as we've seen, refusing puberty blocking treatment prevents immediate and intense psychological harm. And second, it causes lasting and irreversible physical harm. So we can compare the parents of transgender children opposed to um, physician-recommended treatment to naturalist parents. So parents who misuse traditional or mistrust uh, traditional Western medicine, regardless of whether these parents have good intentions, these children are often at risk of harm. So in various cases, the courts have ruled that naturalist parents are required to treat their children according to traditional principles of Western medicine. Um, Not only that, but they're criminally liable if they don't do so. So arguably, a similar, similar case could be made with parents of
0: transgender children
18: I don't really believe that you could be a non-binary something about it doesn't make sense to me how are you going to be a non-binary but it's people who invented the gender binary it's People who uphold the gender binary, it's people who spread the gender binary around the world to justify the oppression of black and brown people globally. It's something about that just doesn't make sense. Like how are people gonna opt out of the gender binary? Meanwhile, we're seeing cis black women being pushed out of, you know, sporting events and stuff like that because their testosterone is too high. But we get to have people who the gender binary has done nothing but serve tell us that they want to opt out and they're not dismantling the gender binary,
21: it don't make sense. i- it don't- yeah, see, it's not that cut and dry anymore, because parents like you say, don't bring your feelings into it, fuck off! we're not bringing our feelings into it! you are! you are! you don't like a fucking book that the reading teacher picked! oh, you can't teach that book to any kids now! pull that off the shelves! that's you! that's your feelings! Or when I would teach in science, the Big Bang Theory, and I get pushed back because I didn't teach creationism. That wasn't my feelings. That was their feelings. I can't teach Big Bang Theory without teaching creationism. Uh, fuck, go to church. Go to fucking church. That wasn't my job. All right. That's not my feelings. I'm teaching scientific fact, and yet I'm getting parents pushing back on climate change, evolution, the Big Bang Theory. That's your feelings, not mine. Your feelings because you're worried I'm indoctrinating them. no,
18: I'm EDUCATING THEM I have this giant pride flag in my classroom and I work at a school that's got a lot of homophobia, so every time somebody new comes into my classroom they have this look of just utter confusion and I live for it, it genuinely gives me life so, you know, thanks for that. pledge allegiance to the pride flag So I made a video before about the pride flag in my classroom. There he is, big guy. Um, But I also have a bunch of tiny smaller pride flags in my room as well. And um, today my kids were asking me about them, specifically about the ace one. And um, when I was explaining what it meant, one of my students, I think, discovered their identity today. And that to me is the biggest argument in favor of having things like this in classrooms because for a lot of students this is their only exposure to this kind of stuff where they feel safe enough to like explore and ask questions um so yeah fuck you if you think these shouldn't be here
16: whenever a turf is bothering me i go into their dms and i will send them the picture of my detached titty on the table from top surgery (laughs)
7: Update. We did get a letter from Voss. And basically, they're telling me that I'm inciting violence. I'm a liar. But they will give me $700 back. And I should take down my social media posts because I'm inciting violence and hate towards Gaze and towards Brian and his work, the other workers, and they don't want to work this week because of me. And, you know, I never meant this. I meant never meant this post to cause death threats, to cause hate, violence. It was just a girl that was completely disrespected, money was stolen from her, and I just wanted justice because when we went downstairs to talk to Chucho, who's the general manager, he was very dismissive. He's like, well, I don't know, I don't think I can get your money back, well, I don't know, and just, it was just such a crappy experience. I, 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 that's all I
22: can say, I didn't get my money back. Okay, white educators, this one is for you. I mean, really, most of these are gonna be for y'all. White educators should be a safe space for black students. Let me say that again. White educators should be a safe space for black students. If you're wondering why you're not able to connect with those kids, it's probably because they don't feel safe around you. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. There are many white people, especially white strangers, that I have my guard up. And it's because I'm trying to protect myself from them. I don't know if this is a safe person. And it's the same with children. So if you decide to gloss over instances of racism or decide that Black Lives Matter is a political thing, you're not a safe person.
16: so offensive to people like it's a pronoun get over it um (laughs) and so i'm gonna say my pronouns real quick and why so he spelled hy um is because i'm agender and i just like the masculinity but i don't want to be associated with men that's why he hy right then i have they them and that's just me being like you can use that i'm okay with that like pop off it's like not my favorite but go for it i don't care Zer, I'm fine with. like, it's okay. I think it's better than they-them, but it's- it's kind of like the same thing. god is me validating my agenderness. Oh, fuck, I ruined this tip. um, me validating my agenderness because I don't view myself as a god. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in gods. um, but I just like the, um, not feeling, but how it's perceived with me. So, God, the reason why I use it is because as an agender person, I don't have a gender. Um, so it's like I'm existing and I'm not existing at the same time. God, right? I am a being and I'm not a being at the same time. Like, God. So that's why people can get offended. That's fine. But nothing else validates my agenderness like that pronoun. And so, if y'all want me to not be agender, that's fine. That I mean. That just uh, there's nothing on here that's just like what happens so yeah those are my pronouns and that's why it shows I chose god CNN
9: defending that stuff we played last week and then a cut right after it where they're saying the exact same thing and then all those people all those people what what is the overriding thing they all look like they have problems They have mental problems. Stregini and AAP now agree that the vast majority of children subject to gender-affirming care should not be medicalized. Instead, according to Selegy, they should receive the opposite of hormones of surgery. Psychotherapy. Articles are starting to crop up in interesting places like Quillette. No one's born in the wrong body. They're just not. This is a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. It's just made up. This was at a public library again. That, we really don't know what that is. That is a gender reveal for a two year old toddler. That is child abuse. I don't care what you say, it's child abuse. But the same people are pushing this shit. Structural racism, increase the risk of heat stress for blacks. I mean, to pause and, sorry, improve more, here are two sound bites. We're not locking down for monkeypox. We're not gonna even tell them to stop having fucking orgies still.
7: So that they're splitting these vaccines in some city. And I know that you're aware of this, Um, I have heard this in my own life from friends and family members that this is predominantly uh, right now anyway spreading between men who have sex with men
19: and people feel like this is being a community that's being stigmatized. Right,
7: and I think the language
23: needs to be better. We should be focusing on behavior, not a community. Uh, Terminology matters. Probably a more accurate term is queer men and just four days ago, Cecilia, the CDC changed their language on their website to recommend vaccination for anyone who's had multiple sex partners in the last 14 days. That didn't make news headlines, and I think people's lives and their health are at stake and the communication has not
12: been good, thus far. But generally speaking, it is largely sexually transmitted, and it's also very limited in many ways into who is getting infected. It's a very small group of very highly sexually active gay men, generally, that are getting infected with this. Many gay men have very little risk of getting infected with this virus.
16: And I'm glad you brought that up because I know a lot of people in that community are concerned about possibly uh, sort of being demonized, if you will, or looked at differently, similar to what we saw with the AIDS uh, crisis. This is not just uh, men and, and women or, or homosexuals having sex. This could also be someone who's heterosexual, um, although you're saying that's the majority. But what is What needs to be done, I guess, to make sure that that group is not ostracized when trying to get the help that they need?
12: Well, first of all, from a public health standpoint, our job is to call balls and strikes. Just tell it like it is. If you look today at the best data we have on, on sexual practices across both heterosexual and gay populations, we see in the United States that about uh, 52% of gay men have between zero and 11 partners in a lifetime. But there is on the upper end of that scale, 10% that have more than 101 and about 1.9% that have more than 400 partners uh, over a lifetime. And when you look at those uh, risks, it's much, 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 much higher in that group that's having a large number of partners. In the Netherlands, for example, a recent study showed that 44% of the new monkeypox cases had participated in group sex in the time period that they likely got infected. And so we have to emphasize that. Why? Because we do have a major shortage of vaccine. Remember, the whole world wants this right now. The United States is not even leading in terms of numbers. Uh, Spain has five times as many cases per population as we do. Uh United Kingdom twice as many. And so the whole world wants vaccine right mm-hmm. now and we we just don't have it. So we've got to target how we use vaccine. This morning new action to try to slow the rising
8: case count of monkeypox. Over the weekend the White House began its pilot program sending 50,000 doses of the monkeypox vaccine to LGBTQ events nationwide. Diane Gallagher is in Charlotte, North Carolina this morning which held pride events throughout the weekend. What did you see there Diane?
16: You know, John,
23: the Pride Festival ended this morning here in Charlotte, but it is only the beginning of the Biden administration's efforts to accelerate the monkeypox vaccine and the federal response to the outbreak. The North Carolina City's Pride Festival is the launch site of a Biden administration pilot program to send 50,000 doses of the monkeypox vaccine to LGBTQ-centered events like Pride around the country. But something that is bothering people at Pride...
12: We're very aware of not stigmatizing it as just a gay man's disease, just like HIV was in the 80s and 90s.
23: Men who have sex with men and transgender people do make up the majority of monkeypox cases right now, which is why they are being prioritized with the limited vaccine supply. However, monkeypox is not a sexually transmitted infection and any person can get it from prolonged, close, typically skin-to-skin contact with an infected person. So if the Biden administration wants its outreach to be a success, celebrating while educating without discriminating is the only way to approach it.
12: It's good to see the community back. And yeah, it's a, it's a great moment for all of us. And that's what should be talked about. And we can protect people and still not stigmatize them.
23: And that is key here uh, from almost everyone I spoke with, making sure that you do not create a stigma around...
9: That's when you know it's all bullshit. That's when you know this is just all made-up crap. It's just made to silence. It's just made to make people shut the fuck up. That's UC Berkeley. They don't even want white people off post. That's a 10-year-old boy who is the youngest... To work the runway. One I didn't list. Parents have filed a lawsuit alleging that a public school in Florida transitioned their 12-year-old daughter while keeping it a secret from them. The daughter then attempted suicide in a school bathroom. They just did it. And it fucked them up. It fucked them up. That soundbite of the black person who won't say white, it must be true because all the books in the background, all our books were just anti-white people, but that's okay. Blue check doctor, puberty blockers, temporary reversible. That's a lie are more benign than going through a puberty that can't be undone. If you can't see that, then you really need to reflect on your biases and whether you consider trans people at all when you form your opinions. Unless you're someone, doctor or intimate partner, the genitals are none of your business. I'm sad to say this is a subtweet of so many things. You know, once again, the majority of Americans could give a fuck if you're a fucking unicorn. It's the children. It's child abuse. Rufo, again, San Diego Unified School District, claims that heterosexuality is a system of oppression, promotes the idea that girls can have penises, and encourages children to adopt synthetic sexual identities, such as pansexual, genderqueer, or two-spirits. WAPO, Running all these articles after they mislabeled the bill, the don't say gay bill, but they also did it for Biden. They called it, you know, the inflation reduction, which is a total fucking lie. Now they're all confused on what they can do. It's very simple. Don't talk about sex. California transgender state of refuge bill. New Jersey Teachers Union condemns parents as extremists in a new ad. Let me see if I can get the ad. Can I get the ad? Let's see. Did it come up? I tried to download it once before.
11: I was a child living in poverty in Uganda life. It was a blessing in my life. I
9: can't get it. It won't let me download it. Let me try one more time.
11: I was a child living in poverty in Uganda.
9: We can only hear about Uganda, lady. They won't let me download it. It, It's. It. it, (sighs) Atlantic explores what will it take to separate fatherhood from anger and violence. Professor tells CNN what petrifies her most about sending her kids to school. As a parent like me getting ready to send our kids back to school... This fall, we're required to submit paperwork proving that our children are up to date on the routine childhood vaccination. But while kids six months through four years of age finally begin eligible for COVID 19 vaccines, they largely aren't required to get them in order to go to school. On top of that, most school districts are making masks optional. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of that. Even though there's very what, 270 kids died. But to tie back into the beginning, as we just went through fucking La La Land, here's CNN again for our This Is America.
0: This is America.
4: This is America it's time for the worst soundbite when the
5: liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says
18: this is america
5: 2021, america.
18: 2021. Hey, yeah this is america hey,
22: runs in my area. My area. I got I actually in some of the lo- florida laws regarding education what happened there
24: yeah absolutely um Several years ago, Florida decided to completely overhaul its civic standards, um, which is basically kind of the, the overarching framework um, that civics curricula would be based on in the state. They wanted to make it more, quote unquote, patriotic. We um, reported on that on Wednesday. Yes. Absolutely. That was wonderful. And, and so Hillsdale College is one of the organizations uh, that, that Florida tapped to advise on this project. And more recently, and I I believe I saw this in in your coverage on Wednesday, um, Hillsdale was also involved in the teacher training, the training of teachers to implement this this new civic standards that a lot of them, um, you know, reportedly, uh, the Miami Herald had had amazing reporting on this, um, felt that this was, you know, promoting Christian nationalism, that this was minimizing slavery and the history of racism in the u.s so hillsdale central to all this hillsdale also has some affiliated networks
22: around the country and it looks like when you hear about all this this overhaul of the of the public school curricula the lessons the way teachers can teach there's also a secondary push towards charter schools is that fair is that the end game in all of this i mean we talk about sort of the way in which Desantis has made public education a complicated concept it's difficult for teachers it's difficult for parents it's difficult difficult
24: for students and school board members is the driving goal here to get kids in charter schools well i mean that's at least part of the goal so hillsdale college back in 2010 started this this network of public charters public classical education charters around the country um, that we're, we're teaching a curriculum that is kind of really big on American exceptionalism, um, Western civilization, uh, the idea that the U.S. was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, um, which is sort of secularized language for Christian nationalism. Um, and, and since then, they have, they have grown to have an influence in 53 of these schools around the country that are paid for public tax dollars, um, but are, are advancing this kind of very private...
9: Christian nationalism. You know what we had white supremacists are the greatest threat to this country at his inaugural speech. We then went cue. Well, we went on before Boogaloo Boys. White supremacy is everywhere. Now Christian nationalism. What does it say about a party if they just can't win on ideas? and they have to fear-monger. I mean, that's the biggest thing here. They can't win on their ideas. So they, they are the extremists. I don't care how many CNN and WAPO and New York Times articles are going to float out there about how the right is so extreme. The extremists are the Democrats. They're pushing things that very few people in America actually are for. Everybody's worried about climate change, but it ain't even remotely a, prim- a, a priority. It's 23 26%. Inflation. Gas. Those are the things people are worried about right now. They're worried about if they can make ends meet because you just keep on handing out fucking money. And now he's going to go to $10,000 student debt forgiveness. And all the economists that the media pull up, they're all talking about it. It's a nothing burger. It isn't going to hurt anything. But this destroys their whole concept. Their concept was you... Needed equity, which is better than equality because not only do we give a person a step up, we make them above the motherfuckers who are better than them. Their little picture of little black kids on higher step-up boxes than white kids. Well, now you're saying people that make more money statistically because college grads make more money than high school grads, so they are yachts are going to get money from canoes so that he can get people to go out and vote in the midterm. All for anybody under $250,000. My question to everybody who's been tweeting it, including the President of the United States, Nina Turner, who does it every fucking day, saying black people, 40% of blacks aren't going to show the fuck up. Some statistics she pulled out of her asshole that 40% of blacks are college educated and have college debt. I doubt that's true. And I keep saying, equity. If that's what you're saying, then everybody should get $10,000. Since it's not that much money, Paul Krugman. $10,000 to everybody who has debt. It has to go on your mortgage. It has to go on your credit cards. It has to go to your personal debt. If that's what you're going to do, that's how you do Equity. And furthermore, amongst those $250,000 people, majority of them are going to be white motherfuckers. And if we're going back to this white supremacy everywhere, that means white supremacists are going to get money from your $10,000. And nobody in the media wants to even challenge them on anything. In fact, they're running with the, oh my God, he promised 50. Why isn't he doing it? It is astounding to watch. A president with zero authority. This is not within his purview. He does not have the right to hand out $10,000. Only Congress can do that. They hold the purse strings. But there's no pushback. And then there's Ukraine. Ukraine which was the last thing I wanted to talk about. I want us to go back to the fact that a president got impeached because he wanted the government of Ukraine to look in what the Bidens were doing there because they were doing money, and so was, you know, fucking Hillary was there looking for dirt. Every Democrat was there. And now every month we're sending planes of of cash to these people with no authority. We just keep handing them money. And it goes back to that theory. Whatever the left's screaming about, they're doing. So when they impeach Trump for things that Biden's already done, like lying about the Taliban, that was the same equivocal equal phone call. He was telling a foreign leader to fucking lie. You impeach Bush Trump over it. Bush Trump, what's the difference? You want to impeach Bush too. And now Biden does it and we're not doing anything. There has to be something there with all these Dems making trips and cash showing up. There has to be something there. But do you think any media is looking into it, the links of why the left keeps on handing cash to Ukraine? It's already proven it's not hurting. None of the sanctions, nothing they've done has actually altered the finances. In fact, they've made Russia Richer. That's what they did. They're making more money off their energy. But we don't research anything. Nothing. There's no pushback on any of these lies. There's no pushback on passing bills... That are supposed to do something, but they're totally the opposite. And this isn't the first time. Let's just be quite fucking honest. The ACA was a gigantic fucking lie. The ACA had things that were taxes that were written as they weren't taxes. Those are all things that only the left can get away with. Only the left can the right would get skull drug for it. So, to close on a happier note than what I'm doing now, I have this good Freedom Tunes and what Brian Seltzer will look like in a couple more months. This was on Twitter. Not my idea. But really funny. Yeah.
16: Hope you're all happy now. Good guy wins, bad guy loses. Big friggin' surprise. With the American cinema. Can't handle any complexity in it, you know? Don't make me think. I just want to be entertained. Alright, fine. You want a little something, something for the ride home? Check these boots out for size. My machine brings all the boys to the yard and they're
8: like it's better than
16: make funny.
3: This cartoon is not for children. Hey,
8: you're my boyfriend that I'm gay together with. Absolutely, we're
15: gay. I love being
8: gay. Me too, being gay is just. Being gay is my favorite. I wish everyone was as gay as us. You should be gay. Hey, you watching, hello, you
4: should be gay. Oreos, you're gay. Mom, Dad, I'm trans. No
7: son of mine. <laughs>
2: we don't let trans people stay at our motel. A trans person? I'm not gonna swerve.
15: People. It's better than delivery. It's dijourno. I i don't understand, Michael. You wouldn't, would you? Uh, uh, Stop uh, being uh, gay uh, and go uh, to church! uh, uh,
8: Hasta la la vista.
15: uh, uh, The snack that smiles back... Goldfish. Are you
8: serious? I... never knew how hard it was to be gay. I never thought I would say this, but I officially no longer enjoy commercials. Oh, come on. There's only one more before the show comes back on. Fine. We've tolerated their hate for long enough. <laughs> there is no political solution.
15: <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid can be a kid.
8: Wow. It really makes you think.
15: And now back to our regularly
8: scheduled programming. Finally. Mom. Dad. I'm gay. Ah! Now that's good writing. <laughs> Michael Knowles here. You can become a member at freedomtunes. So,
9: this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic P- Podcast. Please share this with your family and friends. Go to foppodcast.com where you found the audio and video links for just this show. I've just- pared it down. Make sure you share it with your family and friends, folks. Please disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yes. We're going to look at a Sunday podcast. Hopefully, I'll feel a little bit better by then. Just having a bad day. I don't know why. I was having five good days, and now all of a sudden I had a bad day. I think it's because I'm hungry and I haven't eaten, so I probably need to go eat. Um, I have got no resolution, just a little bit improvement on the health, a little less nausea, having some better days. But like a creep in a night, I walk down here into the basement, which is kind of moldy and musty, and my stomach just goes bonkers. So who the hell knows what it is. But I thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you Sunday. Take care out there.